Eric Bischoff makes a comment on fans comparing AEW to TNA, and I think he's 100% right. We talk about it next on the Squared Circle Cycle Babble. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, Eric Bischoff was on the Insight Podcast hosted by Chris Van Vliet, and it was asked about the comparisons of AEW to TNA as there's a lot of fans out there that criticize AEW for having all these legends and former WWE talent. And here's what Mr. Bischoff had to say about it. He said, quote, that's stupid and ignorant. I mean that in the literal sense. People who say those things have no real firsthand knowledge or experience. They have theoretical knowledge based on their fandom, but they don't really know what they're talking about. He would continue on to say, I think what AEW is doing is by no means groundbreaking, but they are smart. Bringing in former WWE talent with international brand equity and a fan base, what is wrong with that? If you have to rely solely on that, I could see the argument. The wrestling audience is not one demo. It's family viewing. If people today understood the challenge of building a primetime product, you have to appeal to a wide variety of people. If you bring in a load of young, fresh talent, no one knows or cares about them. Ralph, your thoughts? I agree with him 100%. Uh, Not only do I agree with him, but I would challenge people with this. Uh, We know that WWE right now is the largest wrestling promotion in the world. Probably the one that's most recognizable across the world. I don't think you're going to find anybody that's going to dispute that. It was also one of the two larger companies during the Attitude Era, which was also the biggest biggest time, the biggest peak in professional wrestling. Uh, So is there even any, even at the independent level, you get guys who at some point traveled through and I'm sure at some point worked with WWE. Mm-hmm. Most of the larger named guys are some of the mid card guys or lower card guys during the Attitude Era worked in the WWE. You're not going to find many very promotions, whether they're smaller, uh, whether they're larger, whether they're medium sized, like you want to say, like an AEW or a TNA or ECW, for example, back in the day. You're going to find guys past their prime or you're going to find guys that were at one point or another contractually obligated to work for the WWE Mm -hmm. that are now working in other rival promotions. Right. It's just the nature of the industry. So to say for, 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 for fans in general to be critical of that, I think is kind of disingenuous just because it, it happens everywhere in every promotion. You're going to get guys that have worked in some of the larger companies, whether it's WWE or WCW to be brought in just for the simple fact that they're trying to get some attention to their product and they're trying to sell tickets. Exactly. Um, It's all about how you utilize those guys. What, what positions do you put them in? What type of roles do you put them in? And most importantly, are you drawing people in so they can see what else you have to offer to see what makes you different than WWE and other promotions from the past, like he mentions. Right. And you know, I, I get the, the argument that people are saying, Oh, it's all, you know, former WWE talent, they're just TNA 2.0, they're WCW 2.0. And to those that are anti-AEW with those kind of critiques and criticisms, let me just point this out. The reason why I did not like WCW was for that same criticism, but I was also eight years old. So you got to bring in those recognized names to bring in viewers. And then it's the younger talent that keeps them there. Whether that's WWE, whether that's uh, AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact, New Japan, whoever. That's the goal. You got to bring viewers in somehow. And AEW's case, it's bringing in Sting. 
It's bringing in Arn Anderson. It's bringing in Tully Blanchard, Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, Miro, Cody Rhodes, John Moxley. And then you get the guys like Kenny Omega, the guys like uh, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, Santana and Ortiz to keep you there. Yeah, it's it's all about how you you utilize your talent. How what position positions are you going to put them in? What type of roles are you going to put them in to make it feel fresh and interesting? So, I, I mean, where one thing that Bischoff points out, you know, and I, I think this is important to to make sure that we touch on as well. Just because they're a rival promotion to the WWE or competition to the WWE doesn't automatically assume that one. They're going to follow the same path in trying to get to that level where they can actually try to compete and be the number one wrestling promotion in the world. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just to suggest that, okay, well, they have a bunch of older guys, so they're following the same path of the same uh, the same blueprint that TNA's followed. You know, there's going to be differences in each company. You know, when you look at WCW, right, WCW essentially signed a bunch of guys from WWE um, most of them ended were ended up having different type of gimmicks. Like Hulk Hogan became Hollywood Hogan, Hall and Nash were Hall and Nash. They weren't razor and diesel guys were put in different positions to right. make it feel special, to make it feel fresh. The other thing they did was, uh, Eric Bischoff went and he sat down and he, he pulled out a notepad and this has been documented many times by his own account. He, he, he wrote down all the things that they can do to be different than the WWE. How can we stand out? What can we do to feel fresh? He also asked Ted Turner to go head-to-head with WWE and be live. So that was how WWE set themselves apart from what... I'm sorry, that was how what WCW did to set themselves apart from the WWE. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that AEW is following the same blueprint as WCW, nor does it mean, or suge- are we suggesting that, Uh, They have to follow the same blueprint as TNA because anybody that's been paying attention to wrestling for the last 10 or so years, and even Bischoff touched on this, philosophically, from a management level, TNA may not have TNA may not have even wanted to compete with WWE at that level or the people Mm -hmm. who are invested in TNA or lack thereof, I should point out. They couldn't compete with WWE because they didn't have certain backing and they didn't have the structure in place. And maybe they didn't have the management in place. They didn't have the people as from a storytelling standpoint in place to write content that was compelling because we know that Vince Russo was there and Bischoff was there. And if you follow the podcast, there were certainly some butting heads behind the scenes. Hogan was brought in. So just because AEW is signing guys that were in prominent roles in the WWE during the Attitude Era or in other eras as well doesn't mean they're going to follow the same path um, or blueprint that TNA, ECW, WCW. They're not following the same blueprint to try and catch up with WWE. Right. And, I mean, they're only two years in. So to to have them go from the beginning and just use all guys that nobody knows, you're setting yourself up to fail at that point because you will watch that first episode on December 2nd, 2019, and you go, who the hell is this Kenny Omega guy? Who the hell is Santana and Ortiz? Who the hell is Kip Sabian? Who the hell is Sammy Guevara? You know, if you have all those guys, but no Cody Rhodes, no Chris Jericho, no John Moxley, then it's going to flop. I'm sorry. It's going to flop. You need those guys that could bring in those viewers. And that's why, you know, we could, we could debate whether or not the ratings have been good or bad for AEW. And I, you know, I, I think Eric Bischoff can agree that, Television has changed, but he also says that the audience is is dying in professional wrestling. I somewhat agree with that, but that's for a different debate. But I will say, Eric Bischoff, 
the more I hear from him, especially now when he has this years of wisdom and learns from his mistakes, the more I feel like this guy should be Tony Khan's right-hand man. Just to, not as far as creative, but just like get him to the path of, if you you already have 8,000, 800,000 consistent viewers each week. With my guidance, I could get you to a million and a half. Just listen well, to me. Yeah, the, the one thing that I think Eric Bischoff definitely gets is the business side of things and the importance of like marketing and advertising and ensuring that you have certain things lined up from a financial standpoint and a backing standpoint. Like he gets that aspect of mm-hmm. it. And you're going to get people who, let's use, I guess, Jim Cornette as an example, who are so far to the right or left where it's, okay, it has to be according to wrestling standard. This is what they did traditionally, and we can't break from this because it doesn't make sense according to you know the tag team rules or what's been done traditionally in the business. There needs to be a middle ground where you need somebody to come in who has that background knowledge of, I was a wrestling fan, I worked in the business, I get it, and also gets the importance of, you know, as far as, you know, uh, culture today, just the importance that social media should play in terms of getting notoriety and getting some exposure for your company Mm -hmm. ratings, truly understanding what the ratings and viewership actually translate to, not just, Mm -hmm. you know, fans going back and forth and saying, oh, well, see, the numbers went down and they went up. Understanding what a draw truly is and understanding somebody's true value, um, understanding what guys that they should be signing and, and all of those types of things. Like, it's not just as simple as, you know, let's sign a big name. Yeah, you can sign the big name. It doesn't ensure long term success and nor may not even ensure short term success. Um, but to, to get somebody that truly understands all aspects of the business is, you know, I mean, if it, if it were that easy there'd be a a handful of WWEs and really in reality, there's only one and there's only been one other company that's been able to challenge Vince McMahon. And that was WCW, which Eric Bischoff was essentially the guy partially in charge of that. Right. So I I think the biggest thing, the biggest hurdle that AEW has to overcome, and, and there's an old saying perception is reality. How can they set themselves apart from the WWE? How can they set the perception to the casual fan that they're not the number two company, because that is always the perception that smaller companies, rival companies had to overcome. WCW was successful because they were able to, to overcome the perception that they were a second to the WWE or Mm -hmm. WWF back in the day. Right. It was made to feel like Nitro was must see TV. How does AEW do that? How does AEW do that and ensure that they don't follow the footsteps of a, a TNA an impact a ring of honor an ECW a WCW. That is the challenge here because so many people, because WWE has been around for so long, because they were the the front runner and because so many people know the history of WWE, Vince McMahon buying out his competition, putting WCW out of business, buying out ECW, they're number one. Mm-hmm. That's like another rival promotion coming into baseball, like the baseball, um, uh, you know, the, the world of baseball and sports and saying, okay, we're going to compete and overcome uh, overtake the MLB or even XFL overtaking the NFL. Right. Like that's kind of what they're up against here. And and overcoming that perception to make it seem like your promotion is more prominent or no, more important or number one in the United States or in the world is not an easy thing, especially when you talk about branding just from, you know, people seeing that one logo. What do they think about WWE? That's that's something that they're going to have to overcome and not just them, but any other wrestling promotion that's going to try to compete with them. Right. I totally agree. And the the thing that I got out of the quote 
from Bischoff was, you know, the whole it's not just one demo. Wrestling is family oriented, you know, and AEW, if you dive into the ratings a lot more, it is 18 to 49 males that are the main audience of AEW Dynamite. Now, and, and listen, I could tell you, I could show you our analytics on our podcast. It's 96% male. And the age group fits in that same 18 to 49 demographic. And most of our content revolves around AEW. So it makes a lot of sense what Bischoff is talking about. They need to find a way to get into those other audiences, break it to the female audience, break it to the 50 plus demo, break it to the 25, 54 demo, you know, and, and let's look at raw, for example, as much as the raw ratings have declined to record lows and the viewership is going lower and lower and lower, they keep going number one in almost every demo, not just males, 18 to 49, they're adults, 18 to 49, female, 18, 49, females, 12 to 34, 12 to 34 males, all these demos, they are number one or number two in except 50 plus. That's where AEW needs to be. Now, with NXT all but announced moving to Tuesdays, maybe they get there on Wednesdays, but they're only two years in. And the fact that they've gotten this th- decent ratings in a world of ca- uh, cable television today where most pe- more and more people are cutting the cord, they're still a top five um television show in the 18 to 49 demographic is good, but there's definitely room to improve. A guy like Bischoff can help you improve those numbers. Everyone keeps saying, how does AEW get to the million viewers? How do they get number one in the 18 to 49? Find ways to target the women, find ways to target the older demographics, find ways to cross demographics. If you do that, you will easily hit the million. Raw does Mm -hmm. it and Let's be honest. Raw is not that good most weeks, and they hit nearly two million every week. Yeah, and you know what? If fans and other people weren't making these comparisons, you know, then then this question would not have even been brought up to Eric Bischoff. But realistically, whenever there's a promotion that comes up, or whenever there's a promotion that is going to try to rival the WWE, those comparisons are going to be made, whether they're warranted or they're unwarranted. So. You know, to to be able to set yourself apart from just being another TNA or being another ECW, I, in my opinion, the way that WCW was able to do this, and I think AEW can follow suit, they have to sign a big name guy from WWE. They have to get mm-hmm. that. And, and, you know, you've gotten guys like a Chris Jericho, for example. He's certainly well past his prime. I'm not taking anything away from him. He's been very good in his run in, in AEW, but his his best years are behind him. Right. When when you look at the roster of WWE or you look at some of the free agents, for example, the guys that are truly going to uh, be able to set the tone, for example, it's not going to be a guy like Cody Rhodes, who was to, to most fans. He's just for somebody who doesn't watch AEW and just watches WWE. That's stardust to them. They don't know who Cody Rhodes is. They may have never watched AEW. So that is who that's who Cody Rhodes is to them, unless you are an AEW fan. Mm-hmm. Chris Jericho, obviously, like I said, well past his prime. I mean, when you look at when you look at the numbers, since you brought up the numbers, the unfortunate thing for AEW, unless you're going to talk about some of their earliest shows, their two largest draws were what Shaq and Sting. Mm-hmm. And, and Shaq's not a pro wrestler that's going to be there every week. And fans didn't tune in the week after to, to see what happened. So. Uh, and, and you got Sting is certainly 60 plus. So 
How do they, how, what, what do they do? Who do they sign? To me, if you're going to set the tone, if you're going to prove that you're here to stay and you're a company that is truly trying to uh, be the number one promotion in the world, you got to do what WCW did. You have to go after the bigger fish. You have to go after the number one top guys. That could either be a Cena. That could be a Punk. That could be a Lesnar. It could be somebody like a Kevin Owens, a Daniel Bryan. I don't know. But in, if they truly are going to compete, it can't be guys like you're promising, okay, um, a huge, huge star and you deliver Christian. Christian's great. He's going to be really good for them. But when fans who watch TNA back in the day, they're going to see that and say, okay, well, that's TNA all over again. There's all these perceptions that, unfortunately, they're going to have to overcome and they're going to have to win these fans over. And the only way you do that is by giving them a reason to tune in weekly. But on the positive side, on the positive side, though, they did bring in Kurt Angle when he was in his prime and had a lot of good years in TNA. And and, and TNA, TNA doesn't get the success or the recognition that I think it should have gotten because, again, one, they weren't able to overcome that perception that they were anything but a smaller company than the WWE. This is still still at that time. WWE is was was much larger. And I think most people would say uh, much more popular, certainly than it is right now. And they had mm-hmm. guys that were um, still kind of household names. You had Cena, who was in his probably in his peak or at least on on the rise at that time. Edge was still there. You had a bunch of guys that were still there that were were very noticeable within the within Taker the and Sean and outside the industry. Exactly. Batista, they had all these guys. So right around the ruthless aggression area, they they still had top guys that were um, big stars. And TNA, if you're going to make the comparison, just roster-wise alone, TNA in comparison to AEW is alike in the sense that they have a lot of guys that are, yes, former WWE guys, but bigger name guys in the industry. But they also have a, got a, a, a lot of really good young talent. So TNA back in the day, AJ Styles. Um, you know, who who else was Samoa there? So Joe. Had AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, um, Bobby Roode, uh, th- all types of guys. Guys, guys were, who were there for a short amount of time. The Young Bucks were there for a little bit. Um, y- you can go through the list. You can look at the roster. A- and TNA, I think their major downfall was, was management, uh, bad creative, and maybe giving a little too much time to some of those guys. Like the main event, Mafia, I know some people are into mm-hmm. them, but you know, maybe Kevin Nash didn't necessarily need to be in that that main event picture. Um, we know Sting was there, so I, I mean, that's 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 where you have to find that balance. AEW has to find that balance. What roles do we put these guys in? Uh, the guys that are from yesteryear, the guys that were prominent stars in the WWE. What roles do we give them? But how can we also ensure uh, the success of our company by? relying on this young talent and putting them in positions to be successful and also ensuring we are able to keep them under contract and not let them go to places like WWE. Because, you know, some of these guys, Sammy Guevara, MJF, I'd imagine as soon as they're free agents, Vince is certainly going to be knocking on their door and trying to sign them to long-term contracts. I'll close with this question, Ralph. Do you think AEW is right now using the legends and the former WWE talent better than how TNA did with the likes of the main event mafia and some of those, you know, guys that overstayed their welcome in the main event. Uh, Yes, because I feel like what AEW is doing is they're surrounding the young talent around those guys. So we know that Darby is closely associated with 
with Sting right now. We know mm-hmm. that that group, whether it's the Revelation or FTR or whatever, whatever that four horsemen group is going to be called, the pinnacle. They're, associ- they're associated with FTR and Tully Blanchard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you can go go down the list. Jericho creating the inner circle that's done a lot for Sammy Guevara, Santana Ortiz, and and you don't even necessarily have to be a fan of the storytelling or or what they're giving you on a weekly basis, but you can't deny like a guy like Cody, for example. Mm-hmm. is in a worse off position than he was in WWE. He's in a much better right. position exactly. working in yes. AEW. Somebody like uh, uh you know the unfortunate passing of Brody Lee, but Brody Lee was in a much better situation and helped bring relevancy to the dark order. Uh so yeah, I, I think that AEW might be doing a better job than TNA. There's all different types of things you can argue back and forth when trying to compare the two. But I think AEW is, is a, would be in a much better position to actually try and compete um, against WWE and, and TNA, maybe because of financial situations like uh, Bischoff kind of touched on, not being able to get people to financially back them to compete against them. I think AEW has that with Tony Khan. Uh, so, so I think that they, they have the best chance at actually competing, and I, I don't think they'll make the same mistakes that TNA did. No, I, I agree with you. I think there could be a little bit of improvement with some of the legends use, like, like Jake, the snake Roberts. Yeah. I don't think really does too much for Lance Archer. I don't think Arn really does too much for Cody, but I think Chris Jericho does great with the inner circle, yeah. giving relevancy for Sammy Guevara and, and uh, Santana and Ortiz, even Wardlow with MJF now tied with um, FTR and Tolly, I think is going to be a great pairing there. And obviously in two years, I think they're in a much better position than when I was a a wrestling fan in the mid two thousands and people were talking all this stuff about TNA. And I, you know, I, I was not a fan of TNA for, you know, whatever, you know, creative decisions they were doing. And it looked kind of, you know, second rate, like you brought up already. I think part of the reason is, you know, the fans not being allowed in because of the the pandemic, but even before then, I've never heard a crowd as loud as an AEW show, you know, in a very long time, you know, so they're definitely heading in the right direction. I just would like to see them target into other audiences to help them grow a little bit. And I think Bischoff will definitely be a a key asset if they ever could get him to work again. I don't know if he wants it. I don't know if Tony Khan has asked for it. I know Bischoff has been on AEW Dynamite for a couple episodes when they do the press conferences and whatever gimmick things with Chris Jericho. But I I think he would be a great asset, but let us know what you guys think of the comparison of AEW and TNA in the comments below. We also got merch mania going on right now, 20% off all our merchandise using the promo code mania at checkout link in the description, subscribe, hit that bell for notifications. And we'll see you on the next episode of the squared circle cycle babble.